Hi guys, welcome back to Into the Light, a different life story, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today, I've got Wendy Williams with me. And yes, you hear right, I've left that sentence out because people are saying, my goodness, it's always a good day. Don't be so saccharine and so, so, so positive. Guys, it's hard because I am positive. What I'm putting on is not a show. What I'm putting on is, is a decision. I want to show you the decision that I made to live my life the fullest, the absolute fullest every second. I want to be present. I want to live it. And that's the consequence. That's what you get when you actually get your ducks in a row, when you get your shit sorted and actually focus on what is important to you. And the reason I say that preamble is I've got Wendy Williams with me. Wendy. Wendy is a past life adventure guide. And that sounds a bit weird when you look at it at first, first glance. But uh, when you hear her story, you think bloody well, that couldn't be a better description. So, but I'll let Wendy tell her story. So Wendy, welcome to my show. I'm very humbled and honored to have you on my show. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Wendy, it is I mean, I just said how 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 much I love my life and reading about you, I know that you're exactly the same. And that makes us such kindred spirits. Although my desire to to embrace life was born out of different backgrounds than yours. So what makes one a past life adventure guide? For me, it was working to resolve pain. I just had tremendous physical pain uh, from when I was a child until I found past life regression when I was 50 years old. And just it made a tremendous difference. And of course, mind, body, spirit is all connected. So as I was working to resolve that physical pain, it's resolving emotional pain too. And those opportunities came up also. Mm. And our lives are full full of pain. There is no doubt. And and some of us finally choose to to take the bull by its horns and look the pain deep in the eyes and try to deal with it. Others, like my old self, well, we try to numb the pain. Vodka seems to be sort of the, the common endpoint to many of us. Um, but there were certainly many other ways how you maybe not so cleverly deal with pain. Have you had a history of trying other things than actually dealing with the pain? Uh, sure. I think, uh, you know, many of us go for the, the overwork, uh, go for the uh, kind of that, that like artificial happy dance of, oh, I'm just going to be positive and I'll think about that later. <laughs> All those other coping mechanisms mm. that really, you've got to sit with it. You've got to figure it out and you've got to find an appropriate way to release it and to work through it, to just heal and release uh, whatever the issue is. And for many people, yes, certainly it's childhood experiences, it's other disappointments, it's things that just didn't meet your expectations that you're, you know, just allowing to uh trouble you uh, to the point of of masking it with something else as you said you know numbing numbing the pain whether it's with alcohol or drugs or overwork or whatever it is uh, but you gotta you gotta sit with it and then just find those ways to release it and for me 
past life regression did that. It just opened the doorways for me in such tremendous ways that I trained and became a past life regressionist myself because I was my own best client, you know, from going to going to other practitioners. No, that's it is it is what it is, isn't it? So, but we are already talking about the solution to your problems and what you're focusing on now. And sure. in order to understand where, why you are, who you are now, it probably is worthwhile to think a little bit back. When you were a 12 year old, did you go to your mom and dad and said, hey, I know what it is. I wanna be a past life adventure guide. I will do. No, I certainly did not. <laughs> what did you What did you wanna be when you were a girl? When I was um, a young girl, I wanted to do a couple different things. I wanted to do something with animals. So I did think about becoming a vet. I also thought and looked into uh, becoming a flight attendant and, you know, get that, get that travel on mm -hmm. uh, those, those sorts of things. I did also consider being a teacher. So those were kind of, you know, the big, the big three that came up for me as a child. Nice. Did any of them become true or what what became in your 20s? Interestingly, yes, two of the three and the flight attendant didn't come true only because you had to be five foot four and I'm five foot two. Oh, no. <laughs> Although you can so, squeeze much better for the little, the little holes. I know. I, mean, it, <laughs> I know. So, but I did become a teacher, which was a really big surprise to me because I was told Perhaps five or six years ago, I was told in one of the first sessions that I had with a healer, oh, you're meant to become a spiritual teacher. And I kind of looked at her blankly like, what is that? What are you talking about? And I was mentally thinking, are you very good at your job? <laughs> this, is not, this is not resonating for me. <laughs> and it was so interesting because... I, it did become true. I literally became a certified spiritual teacher. But when she first said it to me, both I wasn't ready for it. Also, I had a lot of suppositions. I thought that meant I already had a master's degree and I thought, oh, this means going back to school, you know, for another four to six years to become some sort of, of um, uh, mental health therapist, counselor, et cetera. So I just blocked it when she told me that originally. Uh, and I also I'm very involved with animal rescue. So I guess I guess that it, it's not a veterinarian, obviously, but that just that, you know, love for animals and really wanting to make a change and a difference uh, in a society that is uh, not being kind to uh, stray dogs and cats. We have way more than we have homes uh, for them. So really wanting to change that. <laughs> have you not described the whole strata of your society? in the United States from vets as in as in um, as in ex-soldiers to to uh, young people with mental health problems with there are a lot of strays out there um, who need our help. Um, Absolutely. But having said that, we can't rescue the whole world in a zombie apocalypse. You cannot rescue everyone, but you need to focus on yourself then you need to focus on one group of people that you can do something about. And you chose the stray uh, animals, which is beautiful. Uh, a lot of people out there who would say, wow, well done. Wow. It is, if I only could do that. Well, and, and it's, 
It's interesting because we just can create these barriers because I was in that place of, oh gosh, you know, what am I going to do to how could I possibly help the doggone Seattle rescue as an example? Mm. Because I had uh, a wonderful cat that was with me for 20 years and he hated other animals. So he wouldn't tolerate another animal in the house because as he put it, well, I'm top dog. Why do you need another dog here? So, but it's very simple. You just have to turn it the other way around and not focus on what you can't do, which for me at that time was to foster dogs. But what could I do? So I just started volunteering and I just started dog walking uh, for the rescue and just started doing some fundraising events just started uh, driving them to vet appointments. You know, I could do all sorts of things uh, that were very helpful that just didn't involve having a foster dog in my home. So already you have identified key, key things to any transformation, to any recovery, regardless from trauma, from alcohol, from depression, whatever it is. You, first of all, defined a dream. You thought, what is it really that matters to me? And most people run through their life without a clue about that. But you actually thought, huh, I like animals. And then you thought a bit more and you thought, I really like them a lot. So you became more specific. You became more clear, more laser focused on that. And then you asked the right question. And then when the answers came, you took action. You actually mm -hmm. kicked ass and went out there. That sequence of events is the most powerful thing that could ever happen to someone. It, for a whole long time in my life, I walked through my life more or less blind. No vision, certainly not beyond my career. But here you are already, bang, bang, bang. That's how I create the new rose. Uh, the new Wendy, sorry, I, I used your middle name. Um, That's okay, the, either's good. <laughs> I love Rose, it's a beautiful name, so therefore I want to call you a Rose, but yeah, my, my apologies, Wendy. Um, so how did you come to that point? Because you alluded, there was, there was in the past, there was a lot of trauma sure. there with you. What made you get that realization? I, what was the catalyst? I think what you're hitting on in a lot of ways is life path and just figuring out what am I really here for? What am I meant to do? I mean, isn't that the big existential question that, as you said, many of us just can run from, shy away from, mm -hmm. this is too hard, I can't figure it out. So for me, it was having a near-death experience when I was pregnant because I knew it was an important part of my purpose. I so wanted to be a mother. And back to that question, what did I want to do when I was a child? That was so strong. I knew from when I was a preschooler that I just wanted to become a parent. So that was that was a big deal. Um, so that near-death experience while pregnant uh, certainly helped jolt me more onto the correct life path uh, because uh, obviously I survived. I was very fortunate. My baby, who was only 10 weeks old, when my fundus, uh, the top of the uterus ruptured and I lost an estimated uh, three quarters of my blood supply over the next week until we did surgery and you know got everything, got everything turned around. Mm. But connecting, I, I was fortunate because uh, not only the survival, but to connect in the sense of, I felt like I got to connect with angels and that absolutely blew my mind. 
because I didn't know that that could become such a visceral experience, you know, something I'd read about, but angels were more this like cool thing on a Christmas card to me. It was like a lovely concept more than, oh my gosh, my bathroom is filled with angels because I am passed out on the floor here and they're trying to wake me up and help me call for help. Uh, so just to have that experience, it just made me so grateful and to feel that there was that loving support for me. Because I think a lot of us uh, just don't grow up uh, feeling that, you know, our parents do their very best job parenting, hardest job in the world does not come with an instruction manual. Uh, you know, becoming a parent is very humbling. I think we understand our own parents better once we become parents um, and know how how hard it is to do it to do it well. Um, so that that certainly was a big game changer. Um, the divorce uh, also, I divorced when my uh, children, when my daughters were six and eight. That was a difficult uh, life experience. But again, I just looked at it. I know this is right. Yes, it's hard. But how do we rebuild on higher ground? You know, what do we change in our lives? How do we keep the focus on, on the children in the best possible way, but also have mom do well and have dad do well in separate homes, you know, to figure to figure that all out. That taught me a lot. Um, and then when it was 2010 and I had been uh, divorced for six years, I wanted to meet a nice guy. I was ready. Life was going well, 12 year old, 14 year old doing really well. So uh, I then draw a total blank, meet a nice guy, does not compute. How does this happen? Where does this happen? in you know busy busy life <laughs> so luckily I went to a good source I went to younger girlfriends and said hey you know it's been 25 years since I've uh you know connected with with a wonderful man how is it done nowadays and they kind of looked at me in shock and then said oh well you just need to go on the online dating uh websites and I'm like what is that what are you talking about so they suggested I go on match.com, help me build a profile, put a few pictures in there, put in a description. And the minute I changed my radius, because it was based on a radius of, you know, how, how far do you live and work from each other as you're being matched up, you know, have some common sense, use geography as your advantage, not as, a, as an issue. And the minute I changed it to 10 miles, this uh, profile came up where I knew the man. I could feel it in my heart. I could feel it in my body. It's like my intuition was humming, but I kept reading through it thinking, where do I know you from? Because I just, I couldn't find, you know, the point where we had actually met. He had the same reaction to me. Um, and when we met in person, big surprise came up. Uh, we realized it was a past life connection and not only one past life together, but 19. So we didn't learn that right away. I know, I know. It's like head is spinning. You're like, what, what, what? <laughs> 
but it took us eight years uh, to work through all that. And it just, it just opened everything for me in the most wonderful ways. And that's what led me to have my first past life regression as the client. That's what led me to have my first life between lives session as the client. And then uh, the next year I had two more sessions. So that was about a three-year period and I didn't realize that was my retraining in many ways. And then I did go and get proper training. But the therapists were saying to me, you are like a total natural with this, not only amazing therapeutic level of trance that you reach so easily, but by the third or fourth session, I realized I was actually telling the therapist some things and I was speaking as my higher self and as my guide saying, well, if you do this for her, ask her this, tell her this, she needs this. I'm like, oh, wow. When I hear it on the recording, all the third person, it's that soul wisdom coming through. It's the subconscious had been tapped in a really powerful way. And I was starting to act as the therapist in my own sessions with the therapist sitting there saying, okay, Wendy, I'm kind of twiddling my thumbs. So that was how it just started to change so profoundly of realizing what I was meant to do. And then that triggered the ego because I'd been working for 30 years, had an MBA degree. I'm working for a healthcare system. I like the paycheck. I've got two daughters in college. I like the 401k. I like the vacation. (laughs) And when that all went away with, a job layoff, I was like, oh my goodness, here comes another free fall. Because it's just those moments when we go into free fall and just decide, hey, am I going to be the phoenix? Am I going to rebuild on higher ground? Am I going to just figure out a way to up level? Or am I going to go into total depression or anxiety over this and just do a freak out? So I gave myself the weekend freak out after the layoff because yes, the emotions are real. I mean, emotions are timeless. So you have to really feel them. If you shove them down, they're gonna come up in the most awkward way uh, and they're just gonna be so magnified. So I gave myself the weekend freak out. And then on Monday, I told my family and said, hey, going through a big change here. Uh, you know, here's, here's what happened. Um, And here's where, where I think I'm going to be, where I think I'm going to be going, which was uh, self-employment and become a solopreneur and hang a shingle as a past life regressionist, as a past life adventure guide, as a certified spiritual teacher. The MBA in me was going, oh my God, this is so scary. (laughs) So that's, that's what happened. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because that is exactly what I tell, for example, each patient. I'm an anesthetist, so I meet patients when they have to have surgery. And most of them are freaked out and are are scared because there's a healthy attitude towards avoiding a knife stabbing you. That's in general terms, a very good idea. So you're deep in there, you're ingrained to not want that surgery. So... And that is exactly what I tell my patients. That that fear, that feeling that you have got right now, have a look at it, taste it, feel it, see it, play with it. That's terror. That's fear. That 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 uncertainty, that that waves, these waves that wash over you. 
they are normal. That is what keeps you alive. That's the adrenaline. That's all what your body does to survive. So mm -hmm. feel it five seconds. Have you felt it? Cool. Mm -hmm. Now tell it, fuck off. Because mm -hmm. bottom line is it has helped you. It was the right thing. And but right now you need to focus on something else. You need to focus on getting better, etc. Visualize so, a great outcome. Exactly. So, but you need to, to give yourself time to experience that negative emotion. And that is something that we as a society, that as we as individuals have not learned. And on the contrary, we have been, that is with all the, the advertisement, with everything, with the social media, everything is beautiful. Everything is a Coca-Cola love. You're young, you're beautiful. There is no uh, disability. There is no pain. There is no nothing. You, it's, it's worse than the 50s, 60s with the white garden fence, picket fence, mm -hmm. where, where you have to be to keep up with the Joneses. Um, no, it's even worse now because the Joneses, we're not looking into your, uh, into your mm -hmm. social media, but now everyone... Yeah, well, everyone knows about you has however much you want to show people and what we show people is bullshit. So mm -hmm. here you are, you've nailed it so much. Negative emotions are normal, uh, but they can be powerful catalysts when mm -hmm. you learn that they can be s signs from, from someone out there, from either a spiritual being, from a God, if you're religious, it can mean that you're actually being sent a sign that, okay, whatever you have been doing so far, good on you, but you have actually got a different goal. You've got a different... Right, you're at a crossroads, decision That's right. point. Mm -hmm. it, there is a different destiny waiting for you. And right. if you wish to, to choose that way, I promise you it will be hard, but it will be worthwhile. Now, if we just look at, at these kind of live traumas like that, then... Wow. Wow. Um, and it is so important, but I mean, that is something you need to learn when you're in the darkness and you, you, the problem is we only, only have learned to numb it. That, at least in my life, my parents didn't know how to deal with negative things. So they used alcohol, cigarettes, bad behavior, gambling, etc. That was their life. That was how they, they survived, lived. I wouldn't call it thrived. But it is, it is, it is what it is. But the past does not equal to, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. So no, it is. What made you different? Different. What? Why did you not hit the bottle? Why did you not hit the the uh, mummy wine culture? At I that had time? the. Oh, I did plenty of whining. <laughs> But I tried to do it to myself. I tried to do it via journaling. And then I would, you know, tear up the paper or burn it, which was cathartic. <laughs> not, you know? that wine. not that wine, that wine. <laughs> oh, the other wine. <laughs> um, okay. I had the advantage of a parent who was an alcoholic. So that taught me what not to do. And I had many, many aunts and uncles um, on actually both sides of the family uh, who abused alcohol. And I, I saw I saw the poor consequences. So that just led me to I was always very careful. You know, I was like a like a just truly like a you know a little social drinker. You know, it was usually only in a group and mm. usually only, you know, one glass of wine or one beer. Oh, just wow. just to, you know, be sociable with people or let's have one margarita kind of mm. thing. It was it was pretty easy for me. 
because I had the advantage of um, that experience of watching the others. And some of us are experiential learners. We've got to do it ourselves to really get it. My youngest daughter is like that, but my oldest daughter, um, she's like me. We're both firstborn and we can watch others and learn really well from watching others. We're observers and can really, you know, take it to heart. So uh, frankly, I was uh, blessed by that because right. uh, I knew what not to do. Nice. The other question that comes to my mind, you say, uh, take it to heart. Well, that's what a person like you, the person that you described when you were younger, typically comes to mind uh, in a negative way, a people pleaser. Uh, in, in, I mean, here you are, you wanted to become a parent who is giving, a teacher who is giving. Um, you know, it is many women are out there, they give, 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 until there's nothing left to give and they crash and burn. How did you delineate that? How that, that passion to giving and being there for others, defining you as, as this role? How can you, how did you draw the line between, okay, I, I love to give, but I need to give to myself first. Where did That's that a, come in? That is a fantastic question. That's been the gift of middle age. Um, I did. I did start to learn it because, yes, uh, just circumstance, uh, you know, being such a busy working mother when we were married, because we both worked full time. We both had some business travel, uh, you know, to have two children two years apart, uh, infertility, ectopic pregnancies. There was just a God. lot going on health wise. Mm. But we were we were smart enough to know that we needed we needed help. So we did have au pairs for years and, uh, you know, had lovely um, uh, young women live with us from other countries and mm. just really, really helped. So I knew to ask for help. Uh, nice. That was certainly part of it. Yeah. Um, But there, there definitely was some some burnout. Again, it was a new opportunity when we divorced and we were fortunate. And my mother was a part of the mix. So she helped both my husband and I because she was there for the kids, which is what I asked her to do. It was nothing to do with taking sides that wasn't necessary. So she would pick them up if I couldn't do it, regardless if they were meant to be with me and it was my turn or whether it was my former husband's turn. So she was just that wonderful neutral party. So having, wow. having that help was a big deal. And it actually was strangely easier once we were divorced because they were with their dad part of the time. And I would know when that schedule was. So I had that, some free time. So that's when I started to build that me time wow. in that I hadn't had before in a marriage that was dysfunctional. <laughs> So now I had it strangely because uh, I had a better situation than most because he and I said, we are going to be peaceful. And the children are only six and eight. This is long haul trucking. You know, let's let's make it as good as we can for the entire family. And we never we never bad mouthed. We just, you know, work to be really peaceful and very um, adult about it. Um, And that's, that's where I started to carve in the me time. And then, of course, um, at the point where you empty nest, uh, you know, you really can, can start to reinvent things. And I just, I just uh, really made sure, you know, enjoyed 
time with girlfriends and just enjoyed alone time. Oh my gosh, the beauty of alone time. Uh, you know, when you've raised children for 20 plus years. <laughs> and that is so true, isn't it? It is. Uh, and it finally fell into your lap, the way it sounds a bit, due to circumstances. Um, and f for many people out there, me included, we never make time for it. And if we're not having a life-changing event happening that provides us with the downtime, some of us work, 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 work. And then they're 65 and then at 65 and a half, they get their big heart attack or their big C word mm -hmm. scare. And then by 67, they are looking from below at the roots of some really beautiful flowers. That's mm -hmm. not very clever. So that is the problem that no one ever said on their deathbed, oh, I wish I could go another hour into the office and, and sort some paperwork. No one ever right. says that. And that right. is the, the problem. For me, it was my rehabilitation, my crashing, burning uh, with far too much work, far too much bullying, far too much alcohol and negative emotions, far too much resentment, anger, that all came to a crashing hold when I went four weeks into rehab. And then there was this empty shell phase because I had no clue who I really was. I could define myself perfectly as a, as a doctor, as in my goals, and, and I, I believe I was still very, very good despite all my alcohol. Um, yet, yet, who was I? And well, we you can were... become a human doing rather than a human being. Oh, I love I it. I think is oh, a common it. trap. Because oh, yeah. we're rewarded for meeting the goals. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you with the advanced education to become a physician, me with an MBA degree at 22 years of age, mm. obviously we're goal oriented, but then there's gotta be something more to it and starting to realize it's those, you know, little, the little moments of that lovely, relaxed hour conversation with a friend or meditating or just being at the beach or being spontaneous or taking your dog for just a nice long walk. It's, it's realizing the beauty and those moments. And that's how you fill, fill your well up again and, you know, totally fill your, your teacup. There's an expression about don't ever serve other people from your teacup. Uh, make sure that you filled it so well that it's overflowing and serve them from the saucer. You know, have it taking care of yourself first. Uh -huh. And I don't think we're taught that. Nope. Um, it's just, it's like, you know, hit the goals, hit the goals, hit the mark. Can you be the best at this? Can you be mm. the best at that? Why aren't you doing more, 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 more? Mm. And we don't learn the word no. When someone taught me to start saying to people, I need to think about that for 24 hours, this request you've made Absolutely. of me. Let me sleep on it. Because I would just automatically say yes to way too many things. But so I had to kind of retrain myself. And that's, of course, the skill, because you want to say yes to opportunities. You want to say yes to, to things, because the more you say yes, the more other doors open. Now, that is helping in recovery with you finding yourself. That is helping if you actually agree to say yes to positive people coming into your life. Now, that's wonderful. And you start learning from them. You, if you start turning the, your surrounds into something that fosters your well-being, 
then saying yes is the most beautiful thing that you can do. But of course, what what Wendy, what you are referring to is exactly the life I lived. Yes, 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 and yes for career purposes. Yes for this. My, my wife is a, was a, a lecturer at a local uh, um, a polytechnic, so she was very good in what she did, and so she came aboard of the team, and she had her workload, and people offered her opportunities, uh, aka, well, I don't really want to do that. Shall we give it to the newbie? Um, and the newbie took it on with with both hands, and she loved it. And there she was, two o'clock in the morning, still grading papers and and being there for her students. And guess what? I mean, after several years, she finally uh, decided enough is enough and handed in her resignation. And then for a year, she was lying on the couch, basically, um, burnt out to the say, max. That's burnout. It's exactly. Just, and it's like, we just don't see it. Someone also uh, taught me, say you have to say no to enough things to be able to say yes to the things that bring you joy. (laughs) And when she said that, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, what a concept, of course. And also, I I do think we we kind of have a certain energy and I just don't get the the ton of... uh, frankly, some of them ridiculous, the the thankless volunteer tasks that, you know, someone else is trying to foist on you or, you know, your wife is the new teacher. Yes, we have to earn our stripes. And when we're learning from it, etc. But, um, you know, perhaps there's a better way versus doing it so hard that we've earned ourselves a year on the couch via burnout. That, exactly. That's really an extreme or or the person ends up with health issues. Exactly. Uh, you know, adrenal fatigue, uh, whatever, whatever it might be. And there are enough examples out there. I think the sheer fact, guys, that you're listening to this interview, that you're watching this uh, video uh, must ring a bell. There's a reason that you're doing that. There's a reason that you're sitting here, uh, not sitting on the beach somewhere and and having a nice time. Um, The point is, we're all on a journey. And there are so many little crossroads that we are passing, but many of us, we are just on this journey, like like in a in a raft without a, a rudder and without an oar, and you're just sort of washed along life. Uh, and it's time to really stop being a victim, stop being passive. And with that, I, you, it might grind when I say to stop being a victim. But what I mean is, I have been a victim. I was fulfilled with resentment and anger about what other people did to me, not realizing that I had a role to play, that I was a very willing victim, um, rather than say, okay, hang on, what do I need to do? to really face the negative emotion. What is that negative emotion that I'm feeling? I didn't even know. I just knew I wanted to numb it. I wanted to numb it with alcohol. Um, That was how far I pushed myself away from the negativity rather than actually saying, okay, why are you so resentful? Now, most of us can't do that alone. Most of us need some help. Most of us Mm -hmm. need someone to hold a mirror in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And because, you you barely 
you barely figure out what you're actually saying. Leave alone, you typically don't figure out what you're not saying. So there are so many things there that we're alone. Yes, you can do it, uh, but probably not very well. And uh, so mm, you need help. How did you, Wendy, find the people that helped you? How did you come across people who actually became made you a better woman? Sure. The way it came up for me, I had tried traditional talk therapy and it didn't do a lot for me. So the way uh, everything just just uh, blew open, all the doors opened in the most uh, wonderful way was that crazy experience of meeting um, a soulmate on Match.com because what he had said as the last sentence, probably never been written on Match before, who goes on Match for their spiritual awakening? Probably no one except the two of us. That was how it came up. (laughs) And what he'd written was any woman on a spiritual journey, particularly someone interested in an LBL, uh, I would really love to meet you. And that just spoke to me. It's like, okay, I have to Google this. What is LBL? And I wrote to him and said, is this Dr. Michael Newton's journey of souls? Are you talking about past life regression? Are you talking about life between lives? So he wrote back to me two seconds later, because I was probably the only person that had figured out this, you know, slightly obscure uh, clue. And he said, yes, I'm just getting ready to go for my second Life Between Lives spiritual regression session. Have you had one? Are you interested? Do you know what it's about? I said, well, I'll know as soon as the book gets here because I just ordered the book. It wasn't the days of Kindle. It was 2010. Couldn't get it in, you know, 30 seconds. And it took us three weeks to meet. But that was perfect because by then I had read the book. So we just (laughs) became spiritual seekers together. And he actually found my first past life regressionist that I went to as the client to go for a two hour session at the age of 50 and heal and release a lifetime of anxiety and to start working through the pain. It blew my mind. It just completely lit me up. It gave me such confidence, such joy, such excitement of, oh my gosh, I went and did this weird thing and I went in, you know, very in my left brain. I want to record this with my own equipment because I don't know what you're doing. (laughs) I was very skeptical and suspicious because it was so different and so new to me. I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't have any spiritual practice. So to have it be such a wonderful experience, and I actually visioned two past lives that were very important for me, and the therapist at the end of it, because uh, you know she brings you out like 15 minutes before so you can reorient and talk about it, do a little debrief, and she just asked me very gently, well, based on the two past lives I saw, do you have any issues with authority? Authority must be hard for you. And I just looked at her and said, I don't have any issues with authority. What are you talking about? I've never been in trouble with the law. I I just, I couldn't relate to her question at first. But as we probed it a little bit further and she drew the parallels back to the two lives we saw, it was like, oh yes, of course, I've just been suppressing this. (laughs) And it was just, it was so helpful. So I signed up right on the spot with her and said, I want a book. 
a life between lives. I want to do the big session, the big advanced session, which takes four plus hours of, of hypnotherapy. And I want to do it a year from now. And first she's like flipping through her calendar. She still had a paper calendar. It was 2011. And she's like, gosh, I don't know if my book even goes that far. And then she's like, wait a minute, Wendy, you need to do a bunch more sessions because you don't have any spiritual practice. You don't meditate. And I said, did you not just see that session with me? I, I, I'm like a totally different person. I know I'm meant to do a life between lives. And I'll be honest, I'd love to do a bunch more past life regressions with you. Not going to happen. Single working mom took me a year to save for this. It's going to take me a year to save for the next. I was really bootstrapping it to pay for those first sessions, but they were so life-changing. That's what really changed things for me. Oh, just beautiful. Just beautiful. It's and, um, different for everyone. You know, oh, it's just different please, paths for everyone. Please. But that was my path. And I think that's so important, isn't it, to, to accept that. We cannot generalize and say, look, she's nuts, past life, what a bullshit. That's the same as I say, well, Jesus Christ, are you nuts? What a bullshit. Or Allah, or... or I would have joined you in exactly. saying all that 10 years ago until exactly. I had the experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing is a better teacher than actually having the experience. Exactly. Um, it just, it's so profound. I'm a little bit struck how I responded to you saying these things because I am a highly skeptical person and I'm a scientist and to exactly. say past lives, you think, oh, I know, fuck I know uh, that would have been me a year ago. Since then I have met through my show, so many people who put so many aha moments into my brain where I have to say, hmm, why am I so skeptic? Why I why do I accept one thing and not the other? Who am I actually to say what is right, what is wrong? Mm -hmm. I've, I don't think I've ever said what is right or what is wrong, but I think in my mind I said, well, I accept that as something, okay, I can imagine that. And then that, that is way out there. But yes. interesting, with my year of, of, of being a host, I must say that, the, the, You're the more broad-minded. Shit, yeah. And mm -hmm. that is amazing me. So I'm actually quite astounded that I have nothing negative coming up in the back of my mind with regards I'll, to what you said. But on the contrary. Who, I'll tell you who the hardest clients are. Um, the ones where it's just the most difficult to relax and move into huh? that that state um, where they can just, it, it's, and, and hypnotherapy, it's not something being done to you against your will. No, this is no. not Las Vegas dance like a chicken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's simply a free will choice. The sessions are done via Zoom. So the person's just relaxing in their own bedroom or on their own favorite couch or whatever. And it's, you feel like, you feel like you're just getting nice, relaxed, like, like almost like you're going to fall asleep at mm. night or take a nap. That's, that's the state we're trying to reach. Mm. And that's where we can access the subconscious. So, and that's where we can start to change things and let go of that energy that doesn't serve us. Uh, and it really, it doesn't matter to me uh, whether the person, you know, drinks the Kool-Aid. <laughs> 
and starts to believe in past lives or not, because I look at the results, you know, just, just like a physician mm-hmm. is, is the person doing better now? Have they been able to release pain, get more active? Can they get mm-hmm. back to hiking? Exactly. Exactly. Can they do things like that again? Can they go to a mall, uh, pretend it's not COVID, uh, you know, can they go out to a big concert and not be overwhelmed by the crowd because they're running everyone's energy and they don't realize mm-hmm. they're not grounded. They're not clear in their own energy. They're picking up everyone else's energy and it's like just too much for them so the the hardest uh, client is typically a male engineer because we we just we're socialized we are culturally enabled and pushed into the left brain careers become a physician become an attorney become an engineer become an mba you know you're a smart person you're an ambitious person do this type of thing but what about the right brain what about the photography what about the writing what about the creativity so it's just helping the person move there a little bit more where you start to vision and dream of some other possibilities and that is, it just lifts depression from people. It lifts anxiety. It just resolves the pain in amazing ways. And often um, it can be from this life too, because there's something that happened when you're in college and you don't realize you're still upset about it or traumatized by it or whatever it might be, or something in grade school, or a person might go back to when they're six months old and they're just crying and crying in their crib and mom and dad didn't come very quickly, you know, didn't hear them too busy, whatever. Um, Or they're reading some dreadful book of let them cry it out. But that's my politics. Sorry. Mm, mm. (laughs) Um, You know, we all raise the children the way we can, the best way we can. So does that, you know, kind of help make that make a bit more sense? Because I think a lot of people feel, oh, gosh, this is utter, utterly ridiculous. It's just and like I said, I would have been there, too. It just it just came at the right time for me and just broadened my mind and my world so wonderfully. I'm laughing here because I uh, I was blessed to have met a uh, hypnotherapist as well and she uh i had a a long story of ptsd which i didn't realize that i was actually suffering from i had my mind had turned it quite beautifully around into a positive life skill um undiagnosed so often undiagnosed shit yeah and when a friend of mine went through hell suddenly when his ptsd flared up and he suddenly one day came back to work and said, that's going to be fine. I'm going to be fine now. Don't You don't need to worry about me anymore. And I thought, oh, shit, is he about to, to top himself? What is he about to kill himself? What is going on? And within a week, he was getting much better. And within a month, he was back to his normal self. And I thought, what the hell? Here you were waking up three hour, uh, three o'clock in the morning, uh, cold sweats, revisiting everything during the day. And the moment in my mind, I went through the checklist of PTSD, I suddenly said, uh, hang on, you're just describing yourself. And so I, I asked him, who did you see? And 
What did you do? (laughs) That's exactly right. Needless to say, two months later, I was sitting in a very comfy chair and being a skeptic, I thought, yeah, okay, let's, let's just see what happens. And it was the most beautiful experience. And I only needed three sessions and the demons of PTSD were put to rest. And it was the mixture oh, of that's talking. wonderful. Absolutely. So I'm this, so happy for you. That's a big deal. Shit, yeah. It completely changed my life. It also changed my, my understanding about the relationship between our conscious mind and the subconscious yes. and the, 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 the mammalian brain and the reptilian brain. Mm-hmm. Suddenly these kind of things did not become... They, they, they took on a personal meaning, and that is the cool thing. That is where the healing starts. That is where you explore what shit was happening to you in your past and the consequences, the lifelong consequences that these things have. And it can be, and it's not a pissing contest, guys. You don't have to see your 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 best friend being blown up and, and the, his guts hanging over tree branches. That's, yeah, of course, that's the soldier with PTSD, yes. But PTSD or trauma can come in any shape or form. And what is, it doesn't matter what it is, it is the the issue is the consequences and seeing how these consequences play out and keep going like a broken old vinyl record with constantly giving you the same crappy response in your own life And that is where the skill of a a practitioner such as yours, as a teacher such as yours, comes in. That is, that's again where we said earlier on, you need someone to hold the the mirror in front of the sacred space to hold that, hold that mirror up, hold the sacred space, Mm -hmm. and then help the person vision their more positive future. Exactly. Uh, Because when we, going back to your point about uh, being a martyr, that victimhood, Mm. uh, because yes, that's that's a natural, comfortable place to be for a lot of us. And we have to consciously just look at that a different way. Mm. And when something really challenging happens, I just try and take a deep breath. I try and keep my sense of humor and say, why is this happening for me Mm. rather than why is this happening to me and that just shifts that'll that'll help me shift and pivot more quickly to come out of what what some would call dark nights of the soul because that really is a thing where people can just you know get into that that pit of depression um anxiety you know whatever ptsd pain uh, whatever whatever might be going on so yes it can be so important to get that helping hand and get that hand up of someone that's walked the walk themselves and has also helped a lot of other people with it too. That's so they've got the, the, the bulk of the experiences. Absolutely. Wendy, if, if your uh, words ring a bell with, with the viewers and listeners, uh, where can they reach you? Tell us a yes. bit more about your own endeavors. Sure. Uh, via my website. My website is my full name, which is wendyrosewilliams.com. And listeners are welcome to uh, take a look at that. And please uh, request a complimentary 15-minute phone appointment with me. And let's just talk. Let's just see if I can be of service to you. Um, I offer two-and-a-half-hour and and four-hour sessions for people. 
And we, the first thing we do is go to a healing temple and just teaching people how to relax and put themselves there because it's something they'll then be able to do on their own as they fall asleep at night. That's probably the number one compliment I get from people. And they say, I never realized this sort of a session could help improve my sleep. And just to wake up feeling rested, that's a game changer for a lot of people right there. Because mm. sleep is meant to be restorative, but it's not for a lot of people. It's just, mm. an, it's really an issue. It's a struggle. And uh, helping them connect with a guide, that guide might be their own higher self, could be your own intuition. So we can make it, we can make it light on the woo-woo <laughs> for you. I want to be very respectful of people's beliefs. And, you know, I just ask them their terms. What would you like me to, to, to say and not say as, you know, particular terms? What are your beliefs at this point? Uh, so that it's just very comfortable for them. And so then when we've gone to the healing temple, we've met with the guide, then we go to the time and place with the most healing and information for their life today. And we do it via guided meditation together. And then, they're, then they are free to journey because it's their subconscious choosing. Are they going to go to a scene or scenes earlier in this lifetime? that need to be seen from a higher level, reframed to understand it. So it's not such a burden. We're not carrying it around like these chains behind us. Um, so letting, letting go of that. It might be the past life, uh, might be parallel, might be future, because uh, time is just a beautiful, continuous thing. So they're going to go where they need to go. And then I invite them to leave that body, uh, to just recognize and feel that they're an eternal soul and we just go up to the light together. So you can consider it in a way, a beautiful near-death experience, but without the drama and trauma that took you to why, why you're at the point, you're at the brink of death. Mm. So we just vision going up above the trees, up to the sky, up to the light. Sometimes we'll ride on the back of an eagle. We just visualize, take, take a ride on a cloud, just visualize something that's you know fun and easy for them. Mm. And then we go up to what I create and call the place of all knowledge knowledge. And each client is welcome to write up to 20 questions before their session. And it's not me doing a psychic reading. It's not me saying, oh, gosh, I can see you are Cleopatra's lover. I can see you are Cleopatra's maid. There is none of that going on. It's the person is being empowered. Yeah. And it's their intuition, their subconscious speaking through them. So they're doing a lot of the talking. I'm just asking them the questions. And they've written out these profound questions for themselves. I just give them a little format. What health questions do you have? Wealth, finances, career, relationships, anything else, just kind of four categories. Because uh, honestly, most of it boils down to, you know, one of those three. And if not, there's another category. And they get the answers in that place of all knowledge, which really is coming from their own subconscious, their own wisdom. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. When you get the answer to why have my mother and I always been contentious? What's our soul contract? What are we trying to learn? How can we uplift this? How can we raise this up? Getting answers to questions like that, or why do I only attract 
uh, men who don't commit, men who aren't interested in monogamy. Well, hello, if you keep attracting the same sort of person, that means you need to do your own work because you're the only common denominator in that. So that, that's really an energy question for yourself, but it's getting some skilled help at looking at that. Or, you know, why can I never make a good, comfortable living? Why am I always bootstrapping paycheck to paycheck? We can look at that. And often that's self-worth issues. Um, it's just feeling we don't deserve it. Um, and it can get it can get into the past life um, type energy if the person's comfortable with it, because many of us took vows of poverty. Many of us serves in monasteries, nunneries, or we were in uh, communal uh, type settings. It wasn't a socialist system. Um, so, you know, it wasn't this, you know, earn your paycheck and build your 401k uh, type of <laughs> type of system that we're in now. So that's what a session is like. Uh, and a lot of people just say, gosh, I just feel more like me. I feel more empowered. Wow. Wow. Um, and you'll also, you'll also see my books are listed on my, my website. I've written several books, just getting ready to come out with the next one. Cool. And they're on Amazon. If you search for Wendy Rose Williams on Amazon, and they're also on Audible. I also recorded them as audiobooks. Fantastic. Wendy, you put so many mildly open doors into my mind now where I'm, um, wondering which door shall I choose first <laughs> because it is it is you you this was a beautiful session you asked you put a lot of thoughts in my mind and that is a really good interview as far as I'm concerned and I so hope that my viewers and and listeners out there feel the same thing because there is there is you've raised so many issues that can be so transformative each and every little side sentence that you said can be a catalyst for someone to say, okay, I want to do that. And that is what I truly, truly, truly hope because we have got the ability to change. We have got absolutely the destiny. We have got the right. We have got, the, the, there is nothing holding you back. But, Except but, ourselves. But, that's right. But, There's but, so but, but, many. No. There's so many self-limiting beliefs that coulda, woulda, shouldas. Exactly. So working with working with a hypnotherapist, that's where you're able to release those. And you've got your recording. And when you start to listen to your recording and hear yourself referring to yourself in the third person as he or she, it's very, very interesting. That that was that blew my mind the first time I heard it. That's how I knew something powerful had really happened in my own first session as the client, because all this wisdom was coming out of me and I was answering questions I hadn't been able to answer in 50 years. So it just was a really big deal. I wanted more of that. Wendy, thank you. Uh, thank you. Well, thank you. I so appreciate the forum. I so appreciate uh, the opportunity for the uh, wonderful conversation and how fun we get to do New Zealand to Seattle. I mean, we live in such marvelous <laughs> times. Isn't it? Isn't it? There is it's actually wonderful. No, there is no stopping us. And I think guys out there, live your life to the fullest. And you, you might look at the moment at a burned down wreck of a life and you might 
feel completely down and out. Absolutely. And, and But I want to congratulate you on being there because that is the place where miracles happen. That is the place yes. where you finally open up to your, to, to whatever is out there. And that's where you, you can find that Phoenix energy because the Phoenix always rises from the ashes indeed. and you, it's just, it's just a reassessment point. Doesn't make them fun or easy, mm. but it's absolutely that, it, that opportunity to invent that life of your dreams mm. and to just be able to dream on <laughs> and just tying in, yeah. you know, with, with everything you're accomplishing. Wendy, thank you so much. Thank and you. you. And you guys out there, look after yourself, stay strong. And right now, you can change your life. So what will it be? What will be the first thing that you'll do for yourself once you switch that, that recording off? Now, the first thing you will do, of course, is press the subscribe button because you would be silly because otherwise you're missing things that, that, that we are discussing about. So that's fine. So press the subscribe button and maybe leave a review on the, on the recording uh, and, and share your thoughts about it. What a bullshit. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, engage and, 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 and share maybe a little story about yourself. But one way or the other, stay strong and live a life that, that you're destined to do. Look after yourself, I'll take us. Bye. Bye.